This episode of Little Bit of Life podcast is brought to you by Bath Bomba Lomba. Guys, I'm telling you, I found this amazing small business that sends out the most incredible products. They have a bath bomb starter pack for just $17. You get to choose two petty cubes as well as two bath bombs. It makes the perfect gift for any holiday, especially for birthdays, and it's also time to treat yourself. We always say it's that time of year again. Deadlines are closing in, work is still piling up, you deserve some time and a relaxing soak. Enjoy the soothing smell of lavender with their bath bomb starter pack, or you can even go give it as a gift. Make sure to check them out in the bio or go to their website at bathbombalama.com. Welcome to Little Bit of Life Podcast with your host, Tabitha, better known as Little. A lot of you may know her from social media, but Little is shown off the apps. Dedicated to having the real, raw, and occasional chats about what we seem to think, but don't say. Special guests will join in along the way that have impacted her in a profound way. Very little is left off limits, so sit back, enjoy, and here's your host. Hey guys, and welcome into another episode, a little bit of life podcast with little, we are in that crazy hectic week of moms and stepmoms and stepdads and everyone and anything in between trying to get ready for Christmas. And with that comes the automatic burnout, the automatic feeling of that you're alone all the time and you're just stressed out to the max. Who do you go to? Who can you talk to? I have an amazing guest on with me today. She is an author of the book that I have right in front of me. I cannot stress enough how incredible this book is. It's called You Can Heal Stepmom Burnout, and we have Veronica Anders on with us today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to have you on and talk about this topic today. I feel like this is something that, like I always say in the podcast motto, what we think but don't say, and I always feel like this is a topic that's just so relatable but almost so touchy that people don't know where to start on talking about the topics that we're going to talk about today. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So can you give our listeners just maybe a little bit of background um, in regards to when we talk about stepmom and stepmom burnout, what has been your kind of um, experience with that? Yeah, so uh, I've been a stepmom for a really long time, almost 15 (laughs) years, actually. (laughs) Um, And I am happy to report that my husband and I are still happily married all these years later. Um, you know, the kids were fairly young when we first met and when we first got married and they are now grown with lives of their own. And, you know, through all the ups and downs over the years, you know, we found a happy balance and an equilibrium in our step family that worked for us. Um, but you know, it, it wasn't easy. Um, I, I don't think it's easy for any of us in a step parent role. Um, and when I was a new stepmom. I went out there looking for help, for resources, for support. And, you know, this was about 15 years ago before Instagram even existed and before podcasts were even a thing, right? (laughs) And there just wasn't much out there. Um, So what I did is I formed a little local support group of stepmoms um, that very quickly grew from a small group of us that would just kind of meet for coffee and chat and vent a little bit. Um, it eventually became a very large group 
that was organized. And I was, you know, running these workshops and discussion groups and education sessions, and we were sharing resources and it just kind of grew from there. And, you know, throughout all of that, all these stepmoms I was working with, um, they kept telling me like, Hey, you know, you should write a book. You know, you, you've gathered all these resources, you know, you, you help with this and that, you know, put it all together and write a book. Um, and I loved the idea, but you know, life is busy, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're busy with your career, busy with your own step family. And that just kind of got put on the back burner, um, for years and years, but I, it always kind of stayed in the back of my mind that I wanted to write a book and I eventually did, you know, I, you know, I decided that, okay, someday is today. I'm actually going <laughs> to sit down and do this. And I just kind of gathered up all the the words of wisdom, all the stories uh, that I collected from all these amazing women in the group. And, you know, we had all shared our success strategies, um, you know, all the little tips and tools that we found really worked in our own relationships and our own step families. I just gathered it all together and tried to write a book that was just positive and uplifting. You know, I really wanted to empower women to feel more at home and more at peace in their stepmom roles. Um mm-hmm to be able to feel proud of their roles instead of, you know, feeling kind of buried underneath them. And yeah, I, I hope I put together a, a collection of wise words from all these amazing women that I worked with. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to, to help other stepmoms not feel alone. For those that are listening, um, especially those that have been kind of following my Instagram journey as well in my personal life, it's always something that you find yourself ready for the task at hand, but being a new stepmom and and dating people that have children and then getting married. And, you know, I have a best friend of mine that's coming on for part two. And she talks about the difference between dating with children, as well as then merging different lives and then becoming a stepmom and then having your own children and just what this encompasses. And I think for so many listeners, it's something as women that we are so used to carrying everything and we're ready to tackle anything. We feel that it's a weakness to almost say our feelings because we almost feel like we're complaining. And I feel like it's always that motto, especially when people don't understand. And let me know if you relate to this. It's always that you know what you signed up for. When you were dating someone with kids, it's like this this phrase that so many people use of, you know what you signed up for. Did you experience that as well? Oh, absolutely. I think every single stepmother has heard that so many times. And it's always in that condescending tone too. Like, well, yeah, you knew what you're getting into, right? And the thing is, is it's not true. (laughs) Number one, none of us really know what we're getting into. Because face it, so many of the challenges of step parenting, they don't even like bubble up to the surface until after you're already in the role after you're already fully committed to your partner and your life together. Like things pop up over time, things change over time. And a lot of it is unexpected um, and you couldn't have predicted it. So that's one. And number two is even if you did know what you were getting into, why would anyone say that to you? (laughs) If you're in a moment of, if you're struggling, right? If you're in a tough moment and you're having a hard time, you know, does anyone ever say that to a bio parent when they are burnt out and they are pulling their hair out? Does anyone say, hey, you knew what you're signing up for when you decided to have children? No one ever says that, right? It's something that people only say to stepmoms <laughs> and it's just not helpful, right? Um, 
there are so many things about step parenting that surprise us all, I think. And, you know, so many of the step moms I've met are incredibly, you know, just strong, intelligent, caring, you know, resilient women. And, you know, they try to be flexible and they try to, you know, always do their best to help their step families succeed. Um, but sometimes they just really do push themselves too hard for too mm-hmm. long. There's so much pressure to do it all, to be perfect, to be the glue that holds your step family together. And that's an enormous amount of pressure that no one can really live up to day after day, year after year, um, without you know their own health and wellness kind of going on the line. You know, you have to take care of yourself somewhere in there and have some balance and some realistic expectations. Um, Especially in your book, you talk about accepting what is perfectly imperfect. What did you mean by that, especially in a stepmom role? When we're talking about our expectations versus reality, like you said, we don't really understand what it looks like, what it feels like until you're actually already in that moment with your partner and you're already kind of, like you said, things are coming up. So in the book, what did you mean by accepting perfectly imperfect? Oh, that's a great question. Um, you know, so many of us join our step families, I think, with this kind of romantic vision in our heads of what it's going to be like. And, you know, we all kind of start out thinking the same thing. You know, our love is so strong. Our love is so special. We can make anything work, right? We can overcome the odds. And, you know, I I think we all have this vision that our families will blend perfectly and that mm-hmm. with enough time and enough hard work and enough love and enough effort, we'll, we'll be this perfectly beautiful blended family and everything's going to be great. And hey, you know, maybe it will. But for many of us, you know, reality can kind of smack us around a little bit and hit us hard, mm-hmm. <laughs> often very quickly at the beginning of step family life. You know, those first few years can be a little tough. Um And, you know, having some wisdom to take a step back and realize, okay, this vision of a perfectly blended family might not be realistic, but you know what? That doesn't mean that it can't be good. You know, it can still be good. You can still be successful as a step family. You can still stay together and care about each other and want what's best for each other, even if that quote unquote blend isn't perfect. And making peace with that and showing each other a little bit of grace throughout that process is so important. For those that are listening, I cannot tell you how much this book has really made me feel like she said in the beginning, you're not alone. Your feelings are valid. And that's something that why we're doing this, especially with it coming out this week of Christmas, because not only are you thrown into the mix, but you want that perfectly imperfect. You want Christmas to go great. You want the Christmas morning to go great, but also you need to learn to communicate and really work closely with your partner. And it's, it's something that I really see reflected through almost your entire book, every chapter of talking about communicating and voicing your concerns and speaking up. Do you feel that that's probably one of, if not the most important thing is making sure that you and your partner are communicating and communicating on the same level or an effective level? Absolutely. That is so important for success in a step family. I'd say the two most important things for stepmoms are self-care. Absolutely. Taking care of yourself and not 
running yourself so ragged, trying to be perfect and trying to do it all that you just kind of hit a point of burnout and collapse. You know, you've got to take care of yourself. And yes, absolutely. Getting on the same page with your partner and communicating consistently and in a loving way, in a respectful way with each other is going to make all the difference in the world with finding success in your step family. With communicating with your partner, because I know um, I did a poll actually through social media. And when I do topics like this, I always try and see what people maybe are struggling with or maybe just need that that main question answered that they might be too afraid to ask their support system, their friends or their family for fear of embarrassment or judgment. So if there's a new stepmom that's listening, what would your advice be on when is that time you start communicating? Because I feel like we're, as women, we're on so many levels, like I said, of carrying everything and making sure that everything is taken care of in the household. But this also reflects with our partner. We, we're very maternal. We want to take care of our partner and keep everything the same with our relationship, but also have that loving relationship with your stepchildren. So when would you say that that point of communication should start in actually speaking up? Because I know, like you said, it's we, we wait almost too long or we feel like resentment or we feel, you know, anger or we almost feel guilty. So what would you say to a new stepmom that may be sitting there thinking, I don't know when that point should arrive where I should actually speak up and say how I'm feeling to get that communication starting effectively. I think for a new stepmom, start communicating right away with your partner. Like even if you don't know all the answers or even know all the questions you should be asking or know what exactly you need to be working out, just start the communication, find the ways that you communicate with your partner that work for both of you and help you you know, both stay calm and have, you know, respectful communication, you know, open all the time. It's so important because you need to start working out in the beginning. What does your partner expect from you as your role as a stepmom? And does that mesh with what you have in your mind of what you think your role should be? Um, How do you explore that together and find what's going to work for you? You know, there is no one answer because every stepmom is different. Every partnership is different. Every family is different, right? And you have to find what works best for you. And if you guys can get on the same page early on about what are the expectations of who does what, you know, who does the parenting, who cares, you know, for the stepchild, um, who's doing the discipline, um, you know, Who's setting house rules? Is that something you're doing together or are there rules already in place and you're just kind of fitting yourself in? It's really important to kind of go through all these topics together as a couple so you can stay united, um, stay consistent and really stay on the same team the whole time so that you guys can back each other up and show, you know, a solid partnership and consistency to the children, have your household running smoothly and I think doing that can help prevent a lot of arguments down the road. <laughs> if you've had those discussions, you know, calmly, just up front about who does what and how are we going to manage this household when the children are in it? Um, in your book, you do make a, I love the point of talking about invisible work. 
making that invisible work more visible um, to get your partner in participation. But it's also really worked in my household because children love structure, but they also love to feel like they are a part of the household as well. Um, here we have a chore chart and we have where children are actually being a part of the responsibilities and not just delegating just for the parents in the house. And I think it's really important because as women that, you know, we're so focused on our career and, you know, I will say this is a fault of mine, almost being OCD with my home. I want everything in its place. <laughs> so when you go into that stepmom role, it's being more relaxed. And I love how you talk about dividing up things and the word, which for those listening, I don't think we use it enough in our household. It's the word thank you can go a really long way. And I think it's important with your partner, but also with children. And it, it's something that needs to go both ways. So delegating responsibilities for me is so difficult because i I've always been raised uh, very independent of, you know, if I just get it done, it's done. I don't have to worry about it. But with that can also come where you feel like everything in your household is piled up on your shoulders. So what would be your advice on delegating responsibilities and just making the little things seem more, I guess, more noticeable with your partner? That is such a good question. Um, you make a really good point. That invisible work over time can really, really pile up on our shoulders and just bury us over time, right? You know, it, it might seem small at first, but when we just start kind of taking over and doing everything ourselves, um, it will almost always reach a point where it becomes unsustainable, right? <laughs> And we'll all kind of have that little breaking point where we feel like we're just doing everything mm -hmm. and we can't carry that load all by ourselves. Um, so yes, I think sitting down early and often with your partner and talking through the nitty gritty details of just day-to-day -day life in a household, you know, who is doing what, um, who is doing which chores, whose responsibility is it? And yeah, like you said, I think it's wonderful when we get the children involved as well, because it's teaching them practical life skills. It's teaching them responsibility. It's making them really part of the family, part of the team. And that's all outstanding. Um, but yeah, we have to make that invisible work more visible because so many of the, the household chores and the parenting chores, if we just step in and start taking care of everything ourselves it really does become invisible because everything just kind of magically happens smoothly. Everything just keeps running and it's human nature. You know, if our partners get used to that, it's very easy for them to just kind of kick back and relax and just let us run the show. <laughs> and I spoke with so many stepmoms who are just, mm -hmm. you know, filled with anger and resentment from yeah. years and years and years of feeling like they're doing all of the work and they were so angry with their partners and, you know, some of that anger kind of spilled over to their stepchildren. And I had to ask them, like, did your partner insist that you do all these chores? And they would always say no and said, well, OK, let's take a step back and see, you know, did you just kind of step in and take over? Because maybe you felt that pressure that as the woman of the household, like, OK, is this my job to just make this household run smoothly is this just my job to kind of do all these mothering duties for the kids? Um, and really, it's it's not. I mean, we have choices about what we take on and what we don't. We have choices about how we divvy up the work in our partnerships. And very often, if you actually take the time to to sit down with your partner and tell them that you need help and tell them that you're feeling burnt out and stressed, 
you know, typically, you know, they want to help us. They just need to know what to do. <laughs> we need to to speak up and let them know, hey, I am overloaded. I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. Can you please help me with this and this and have those conversations? And, you know, I'm willing to bet most of your partners are going to be very happy to, to help you out. Um, but we have to be talking about it, right? If we just keep trudging along day after day, just kind of picking up everyone's clothes and cleaning all the bathrooms and, you know, doing the grocery shopping and it all just kind of magically happens. Um, you know, we do eventually reach that point of burnout. When you say the word stepmom, it's almost this immediate reaction of, oh, you are, I mean, when I've spoken to friends of mine, because like your book says, it's very, very important for all of us to have that supportive group of friends and somebody that helps you not feel isolated and it doesn't make you feel alone. Always that support system where you can call and just voice how you're feeling and not have judgment or like we said in the beginning, not that, well, you knew what you were getting into. You knew what you signed up for because it's always that feedback. But it's something when we talk about stepmothers, it's always a reaction of, the biological mother. I have many friends of mine in my support system that are always now with social media and everyone being able to have access into your life and almost into your home. It's something that's very important of not having that pressure almost take over. Focus, and I love that your book always states, like focus on you and your partner, express how you're feeling. Um, There's not going to be perfection in any relationship, especially when it comes to just real life. But if we have a listener right now, because that was something that came up in the poll where people are like, you know, I want to have a relationship with the bio mom. I want to have, you know, a friendship for the child, but, and there's always like a, but, and I always feel like it's something that we kind of need to refocus and recenter on what we are able to control in our household. And like we talked about communicating with your partner and just making sure that everything flows respectfully and open within your household. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Um, And, you know, I I think the biggest thing for stepmoms is you're going to hear a lot of conflicting advice out there and a lot of people telling you how you should be doing things or how you shouldn't be doing things. And we all have to keep in mind that every relationship is different. Every step family is different. Um, Every situation with, uh, you know, the ex-spouse or the biological parents in the other household, those can be very different dynamics in every situation. So people just need to figure out what works for them and for their families um, and for their own health and wellness, what they need to do, what boundaries they might need to set. Um, you know, I've, I've met so many stepmoms over the years and there's so many different stories, right? Some of them ended up being friends with the ex-wife and bio mom. Some of them, you know, went 10 years with the ex-wife or bio mom, not even acknowledging that they exist. (laughs) You know, I mean, those are the two extremes, right? Um, Usually it falls somewhere in the middle, but you just can't force it. You know, you have to take stock of where everyone's at, what they're open to. Um, You know, sometimes the ex-spouse, the the other biological parent um, might be open to a working co-parenting relationship with a step-parent. They might not. And you just have to go from there and you have to find what works for you and your partner and what's going to be the healthiest dynamic going forward. Towards the end of your book, and for those that are listening, if you're a stepmom and you're probably, let's say right now you're listening and you have this 
streaming on one of your home devices and you're cleaning the kitchen, you have kids running around, you're getting ready for Christmas. Maybe you're driving in the car and you're just like, I just need five minutes of peace of mind. At the very end of your book, and it's just these two words that I want listeners to really ask themselves, are you doing this? It's time alone. For most women, we don't know what time alone means. Then you become a stepmom and you feel that you have to be a part of the whole group all of the time. And if you're not, you feel almost guilty of, you know, I still want my time. I still have little moments where I want to spend some time alone. What would you say to those listeners right now that are sitting or driving in their car with kids screaming and yelling and they're like, I don't even believe in time alone? Or how would you even start with that? Well, that's a great question. It is so important for us to carve out even just a few minutes to ourselves to just have that little mental break, recharge our batteries. You know, we all need it, whether you're a biological parent, whether you're a step parent, maybe both. <laughs> we all need that. We all need that respite, right? Um, where we can just pause and take a slow, deep breath, reset. And, you know, we're better parents, we're better step parents when we can come back to our families after a little bit of time alone to recharge our batteries. We come back refreshed. We come back more patient. Um, you know, we come back with, with much more compassion for everyone. If we have been able to just take care of ourselves and just have a calm moment to ourselves. And it is hard. It's, it's hard to carve it out of our busy lives. You know, we're all running around you know, busy with our careers, busy with our families, you know, right now, busy over the holidays, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, take those few extra minutes to go sip your coffee in any room in the house where you can just close a door, mm -hmm. right? And just take a breather and just listen to your favorite song and close your eyes and just relax for a moment. And at the end of the day, you know, if you truly need a break, um, again, communicate with your partner, talk to them, let them know, you know what, can you take the kids for one afternoon because I simply need a break, you know, for myself and to get some things done. And it's okay to ask for that. Like what you brought up, you know, so many stepmoms feel guilty if we are not on 100% of the time, right? If we are not you know, in the mix, doing everything, making sure we're there. But it's better for us to take that little break and step back once in a while. And it, it allows us to rejoin our families with, you know, a much clearer mind and a calmer heart. Mm -hmm. I like that. With so many stepmoms um, and dealing with, you know, maybe you have your stepchildren once a month. Maybe you have them the first, third, and the fifth. And especially I wanted this episode to air around Christmas break because there's many stepmoms that may be listening to this, that this is their very first Christmas break. And you, like she said, you do not have to be so-called on all of the time. And especially when it comes to finding that, I guess, sense of peace or calmness, because when you have stepchildren coming in and out, you almost feel like I have my house put together. I have, you know, kind of a routine with my partner. And then when they come in, uh, one of my good friends, she's coming on the next part two episode. She says, she's like, it's almost like my household flips upside down just for a couple of days. 
And then once my stepchild leaves, then I have to go back to normal. But I always try and, and she's my great support system. I love her to death. And I always say your normal is not other people's normal. And that's something that, you know, a lot of us compare ourselves to social media and families and stepmom magazines. And like you said, every family is different. Every dynamic is different. So what is your advice for those that may be listening, thinking like, I just can't find that healthy, happy medium of my household, you know, kind of adjusting? Oh, that's a great question. And honestly, it's hard to answer, right? Um, Because sometimes it feels like we almost do have that double life almost. It's like our life is one way when it's just us and our partner. Or if you also have your own bio kids, if it's you and your kids and your partner. And then our life might be completely different when our stepchildren are there. And it can feel a little bit disjointed sometimes. Um, I, I think one of the, the biggest strengths that so many stepmoms have is their flexibility and learning how to kind of, you know, move in and out of those different dynamics, you know, repeatedly. Um, and it, it can change over time too, right? I mean, so many stepmoms I know, and myself included, you know, we've gone from maybe being an every other weekend stepmom to a 50% of the time stepmom to a full-time stepmom. Uh, I've been in all three of those positions, right? Over the, over all these years, it, it changes. Um, that's like the one constant in a step family is it will change uh, probably repeatedly and learning to just kind of roll with that mm-hmm. and find some beauty in the chaos <laughs> is kind of important in this role. It's, it's something that will save you if you can just <laughs> take a pause, take a breath and realize, okay, so this is changing again. How are we going to work through this? How are we going to make the best of it? And how are we going to work together to find what works for us? Mm-hmm. And it, it's such an individual thing. Um, but I tell you, if if you always go back to making sure you're prioritizing, taking good care of yourself, don't let your self-care suffer, you know, don't neglect yourself, make that time to take good care of yourself and prioritize your partnership, you know, that's going to put you on such a solid footing for handling all the changes that will come up, for handling you know the differences between when the kids are there or when they're not, you know that's gonna what that's gonna be what keeps you on an even keel, right? That's gonna be your anchor that keeps you grounded through all those changes. For those that are listening that may think, you know, oh, I I look at all of the magazines and I you know I check all the blog sites and I read this and I read that. I highly encourage you to grab this book. It's something that you can pick up. Like she says, take the time alone, even if it's five, 10 minutes in a bathtub at night, read a couple pages. It's something that I really love that you're, you're not telling people what to do, which I think is almost something that's out there for so many. It's almost of this fear of like, I'm not doing something correctly. So I need to go to a resource that tells me what to do. And like you said, every dynamic is different. There's nothing out there that it's not a book that you can follow. There's no, it's just like for parenting, there's no rule book. But I love that you're allowing women to feel empowered, especially with your book. And it's teaching us and giving us the tools that we need on a journey that you're giving us advice and then we have the ability to see what works best for us. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you see value in that and that it's been helpful. That was definitely my intention is, you know, I wanted this to basically be a toolkit of options for stepmoms to pick and choose what's going to work best for them. 
and what's going to work best for their family and their situation. Um, because there is no one size fits all with this. It is a lot of trial and error in some cases. And, you know, if, if you pick and choose a few things out of that book that help to make your journey smoother and more peaceful, then that would make me very happy. Uh, that was the entire intention is to make it, you know, a positive, empowering toolkit for women out there mm-hmm. who need a little extra help in their, their stepmom journey. And for those that are listening that may think, you know, well, I'm not married. So legally I'm not a stepmom. If you're dating someone that has children and you have children in your home coming and going, or if you're a bio mom and maybe you, I mean, I have a friend of mine that she's a bio mom and she's like, I really want to read this because I want to understand the struggles of maybe what a stepmom feels. So maybe what I'm feeling of anxiety and stress of what's going on in the other household, I want to put myself in their shoes. So if you're listening to this, it's not something that is just for stepmoms only. It's something that is really accessible to anyone. Um, And the title, I love it. It's your action plan for healthy boundaries, happier relationships, less stress, and more joy. So for those that are listening, it may really help you if you are dating somebody with children, if you're engaged, if you're married, um, or like Veronica, if you've done this for so many years, I always suggest that it's always a good idea to educate yourself. Yeah. I I love that point. You know, I, I think with the way I structured the book, my intention was to make it useful for new stepmoms and stepmoms who have been in the role for quite a while. I think there is something in there that can add value. Um, Even if you've been a stepmom for many years, sometimes just having a fresh perspective and some new ideas um, to help you look at something in a different way. And, you know, I, I also talk a lot in the book about ways we can empathize with our partners because, you know what, this isn't easy for them either. Um, you know, just like stepmoms don't really have an instruction manual of how we're supposed to do things, you know, the repartnered bio parent also doesn't really have an instruction manual. This can be hard for them too. They can often feel kind of stuck in the middle and pulled in different directions. Um, and I think we can both empathize with each other, you know, in our partnerships to really get on the same page and help each other when we're struggling and when we need a little extra support. Well, I appreciate you coming on and talking with us today. I will put all of her book information um, and a direct link in the bio of this episode, as well as her Instagram information as well. So definitely suggest go have a copy. You can also download it. Um, And again, I'm so honored to have you on. And I really hope this episode helps so many listeners not feel alone and feel empowered. Because I feel that that's really as women and stepmothers of how we should be feeling versus defeated. Thank you again so much for having me on your show today. I really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Little Bit of Life. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on your favorite platform and interact with the podcast Facebook as well as on Instagram at littlecute1az. We'll see you next time.